Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Who is on the hook this week? Bad losses. Who had them? What do they mean? Also, hey, who can we give a pass to? This is a Big 12 watch. It is Loser's Corner, which we do on every single Monday right here on the Big 12 watch. Part of Crystal Ball College Football. Part of the 365 Sports Network. You all can find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Make sure you guys check out our Sunday reaction show where we went through all of the results from yesterday and talked really big picture about the winners in yesterday's games. On Monday, we like to do the losers. They say the story is sometimes better in the losing locker room. We'll see if that's actually the case. There are some compelling stories. I'll talk about who's off the hook. And hey, guys, follow me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore X, whatever you want to call it. The reason why a five in one week in the Big 12 bread truck picks on Saturday mornings. We are now on the season at, let's see, 34 and 19, 64%. We are ATS picking Big 12 games against the spread on Saturdays. It's our Saturday picks that we hand out. Um, those have those have really been killer uh, so far this year, especially as of late. Seeing the board really well. We were close. We had a Cincinnati minus three and a half this week. If that hits, perfect week. But still, we'll take five and one back-to-back five and one weeks at Josh Neighbors underscore. The only place I give those out every single week because I tell you all where I'm leaning on Saturday or on Friday in the show. And then Saturday is when I really, I'm like, all right, this is where I'm going. This is where the line's at. And because the line is at this place, this is how I'm going to bet it. One more thing. I will not look as pale as I do right now. Uh, my laptop's getting fixed. So any audio issues, it shouldn't be too bad, but a choppy video audio, this backup laptop, it'll get fixed here in the next couple of days as I'm getting a some refurbishments on my laptop. All right, let's get to it. So first off, I always like to talk about who is off the hook this week. And I've got two teams who are still in the Big 12 title race technically, but not quite all the way, you know, like still like really super in this. First, I will go with, oh, that's the wrong hard times. Uh, off the hook, K-State. So K-State to me is off the hook for a couple of reasons. Number one is that they got thoroughly outplayed like thoroughly outplayed and we're still in that game and could have easily won it. Right. So for them, a program like that, there are games, there are talent deficiencies and it's all about the end of the day. Like how do programs like K-State overcome those talent deficiencies against, you know, good teams. It's the question as old as time, right? TCU answered uh, somewhat against Michigan. And then, you know, that answer was not there against, uh, you know, Georgia. Kansas State's trying to answer that question, and uh, it's challenging to. And look, this game is somewhat of an answer. When they make mistakes, you must respond. Every single time Texas made a mistake, they had a proper response to it, a really good response to it. Quick scoring plays, they were able to get on the board and you know and and get those points. And that thing was not a game, and then it became a game because of those turnovers. But you have to cash in, right? See it all the time. Teams get the chances, but they do not cash in. Kansas State did. And the one error they made was muffing that snap on the extra point. Could have changed the game a little bit. I still think Texas could have scored if they wanted to. 
But you look at these numbers, man, like two for 13 on third down. Their defense was pretty good on third down. They end up losing the total yards battle by uh, 108. They were down like 220 at one point in the game. Um, you know, turnovers they end up winning that battle too, right? So you, you have to try to win in the margins, right? And they were able to do that as well. Two picks were pretty big for them. And they did not run the ball effectively at all. Uh, that is one thing that Kansas State has tried to do, and they did not do at all in this game. And nobody has against Texas. That is an elite front unit. Say what you want about the back end. Hit or miss. Ryan Watson company back there. Jalen Catalan, like whatever guys they got back there, they're good sometimes, and sometimes they have not been. And K-State did not take advantage of that until later in the game. Like Will Howard started to find his rhythm. I think it was right to have Will Howard out there most of the game. I'll be honest, guys. Avery Johnson, like he's a good piece and he can really hurt some teams that are lower in this league. And I know Will Howard has had his struggles, but Will Howard's the guy you want out there when they're playing top level teams. That's that's just kind of the way I feel about it. Um, Avery Johnson eventually, maybe, but like not quite yet, especially because he's such a good runner. But nobody runs the ball on Texas, and we don't know about his passing, and it's it's hard to pass against like. You know, this this Kansas State passing offense has not been great. I thought Will Howard made some great throws on that last drive late in the game when they had to tie it. Thought he made some really good throws on the run and all that, all those kinds of things. So K-State six and three, still a good chance to win eight games the regular season. You know, if they go two and one the rest of the way, you're an eight win, uh, eight win team, and that's where Kansas State kind of lives. And then also, too, they could be a nine win team or a ten win team if you count in the bowl game. And they're not out of the Big 12 championship race just yet. Bad news for them is they've got losses to Texas and Oklahoma State, the two teams ahead of them right now. So that almost functions as a game and a half lead, right? They have a one game lead on them right now. They also have a tiebreaker. It's basically a game and a half lead. But it does not mean K-State can't, you know, still can't have a really good season, which with I think, you know, a worse team is not a bad thing for them to have. So I think it's all going to be perspective for K-State and K-State fans. You know, they got losses this year at Missouri. I mean, they've been a great at home, but at Missouri tough loss, right? Uh, at Oklahoma state, they were thoroughly outplayed, but still were in that game. At the very end and same thing. And I don't think that the roster Oklahoma state has is like much, much better that just Oklahoma state's got a great coach who figured that thing the hell out and found a, uh, not diamond in the rough, but thank, you know, found a good quarterback and hell man. He also found a, uh, a pretty good running back as well. And so, yeah, like they've had these tough losses. They they have not been blowouts. You know, a three point game against Missouri on the road. Missouri's really good. A uh, you know an overtime loss. And look, I'll blame Colin Klein for that play call. Bad play call. Bad choice on on his part. They should have kicked. I know they're on the road, but you have the momentum by forcing overtime. You're better off if you just kick and give yourself more time. Like th they were not in a spot where if you have to go 80 yards, it's a different story. Right. Like if you have to go 80 yards on Texas, I'm a bit more willing to say, oh, yeah, like then go for it. But you only have to go 25. Right. So schematically, you just have to beat them 25 yards to get a touchdown. And then obviously you need two point conversions here. And from four yards out, you could be burning a play that might be out of place at that point. But like you don't want to burn a, a two point type play. You keep it in your back pocket for when you do have to go for two. So uh, I didn't love that. Um, I, I understand going for it. I'm aggressive natured as well too, but like the on the road, kill them type situation. I, I just think play for overtime, give your offense the ball. It's a short field once again, because you know, you've been stopped there a few times. So it's just my idea. And look guys, like it's a great, great call. If they do get it, but they, they didn't. That's just my thought. And I understand it. It's not totally indefensible. I just, I think you, 
I think two times, uh, sometimes we get too much into the go, 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 right? So K-State, I'm not too upset with. You know, uh, they're still in this Big 12 title picture. I don't think they'll get there. They're a six and three team. They're, they've beaten every team they're better than on the on the schedule. Uh, Oklahoma State, like roster-wise, I guess you could say they might be even. K-State's probably got a little bit of advantage, but Oklahoma State's got a great coach, and they found something. It was a road game at night, so a tough spot, and they can't stay played terribly and still was right in it. So, yeah, I mean, like they are, they have been beating the hell out of some teams that are there better than, and I like to see that. Uh, but they've got some losses of teams that are better than them. It could be, you know, really good, potentially great teams. So that's just who K-State is this year. They're a good team. I think they're a top, I think they're a top 25 team, in my opinion, probably top, you know, definitely top 30, top 25 team, but not all the way up there. Um, and so I think that's okay. I think that's totally okay. Iowa State, I'm actually cool with the loss too. Think about who you are. Think about who your roster is. Think about the team you played. Kansas, they've got some really good, they're a more talented team. Got some really good players and they went and they beat you. And uh, you made it tough on them, man. There was a bad call, obviously, in the sideline. We saw that play. Jalen Knoll, like, was he out? Was he in? I thought he was obviously in there. That's really difficult for them, too. But uh, still, you're five and four, four and two in the league. You have a win over Oklahoma State. You're not out of this thing yet. But, you know, I, I think for like what this season has been for you, you've got to be happy about where this is going, where this is heading uh, overall. Like, you've got a group of players where, hey, if you can keep the guys you like, bring in some more guys and keep developing. If this is like worst case scenario for Iowa State, and I do think this season is all things considered coming off a terrible year last year, uh, having the gambling situation that they do, and then also, you know, having to build this young of a roster up, like all things considered, this is a really good, you know, really, really good place to be in, right? Like th they are still in a good spot. They could still make a bowl game. Will it be tough? Yes. They've got BYU next week, Texas at home, and then Kansas State on the road. So that's, you know, um, we'll see the BYU spread. I, mean, I have not seen it come out just yet. Um, but still, like, I think it to feel pretty good. Let's see. The BYU spread is Iowa State's six and a half point favorite next week. So you're almost touchdown favorite. Vegas thinks you're a lot better than them, and they might have a backup quarterback again. Fact they make it to a bowl game is still tremendous. Fact that they're still in the Big 12 title picture is tremendous. Fact they've got to win over a team that looks like they're going to the Big 12 title game, tremendous. I'm still down with what Iowa State has done this year. And BYU is bad. Uh, they continue to be bad, and I give them a pass on being bad because guess what? Every other team that's coming to this league has looked pretty bad for the most part, and they're supposed to, guys. It's a Power 5 league. we got some good coaches, a lot of good players in this league, man. Like, it's hard to win week in, week out. This ain't, this ain't ECU. This is not SMU. This ain't Tulane. Tulane's a really good team, but, like, you know, there are still holes in those rosters. You're still playing teams like West Virginia every single week who has got an improving quarterback. They've got decent wide receivers and a really good running game and a team that believes in a coach is coaching for his job and there's desperation and a hard place to go and win. And for BYU, like, that's what they ran into last night. You got Oklahoma State, who lost by 26 South Alabama because Mike Gundy's their coach in the same season where they got curb stomped by USA, USA. They still went out there and just won Bedlam and are tied for first place in the conference with a Heisman Trophy candidate as their running back and a quality veteran quarterback who played a really good game and beat uh, Oklahoma in the last year of Bedlam. Like that is what you face weekend in Houston. Houston's had, I mean, they put Texas, they push them to the brink. They push them to the brink. They're a tough team that some weeks, you know, if you get Houston's best version, look out. If you get the worst version, it's a nice win, but who knows who's going to show up, 
right? You know, and 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 uh, they're top tier of the league you were just in, and they're coming over as part of that weekly grind. These schools are having a tough time with it, and I get why, right? I, ha- I get why Baylor's terrible this year. Houston barely snuck by them, and Houston barely snuck by West Virginia too with the Hail Mary. You see how hard it is to win in leagues like this where there's so much depth, competitive depth. Even Texas Tech, man, is not easy to beat, right? Baron Morton like that the other night. I mean, that's a tough team to beat still. Taj Brooks, one of the best running backs in the country. Demerson's, you you cannot throw the ball in his vicinity. It feels like he'll catch it every time. So that's what these teams are adjusting to. And that's why BYU at five wins, I'm totally cool with the loss. Uh, It was embarrassing, sure, but like, think about who you are. Next week's your best chance to get a sixth win. All right, Dusty Rhodes, let us know what is next. Kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard time. Computer. A computer took your job. That's hard times, daddy. So who has fallen upon hard times in the Big 12 Conference? Oh, you all know who is number one. Look, Big 12 fans might not hate them as much as Texas, but still the disdain is there. The Oklahoma Sooners are number one on hard times. Guys, it was a month ago after the Texas State Fair had concluded, after the Cotton Bowl had seen its, uh, you know, a thrilling finale, the final Big 12 version of Red River. Dylan Gabriel on top of the world. And what happened, right? Uh, What happened to that Texas team since that game? Or this Oklahoma team, rather. By week, nearly got beat by UCF and then Kansas beats them in a game where they did not look like the more physical group. And Hey, when Kansas meets Oklahoma, the more physical group should be wearing cream and crimson. That was not the case. And that is concerning. And so this team looks a lot like last year's team. They've already got more wins though. And because their schedule, they're definitely still a big 12 title contender, but they've got losses to two of the teams that are towards the top of the league. They've got wins over teams towards the top as well with wins over teams like Iowa State by 30 points and obviously the Texas win, but they're regressing as the season's going along. This team is not holding up. Honestly, it kind of looks like a, you know, kind of a Texas team almost. Like they're not built for this long haul. Texas, we see them kind of grinding out the Houston win, grinding out that K-State win, even though it shouldn't have been a grind. You know, grinding against Kansas and exploding moving forward like, That is, Texas is winning games they weren't before. Oklahoma is not winning those games they were before. And the big problem for them is I don't know, you know, they can stop the run more effectively than in the past. And they they did about as well as anybody has against Ollie Gordon since the run started. But they're still not at the top level. And uh, for a team that we talked about CFP because the schedule too, but also too because of quality, right? Their quarterback looks good not great and Heisman candidate like it was before their rushing attack looks uh, good yesterday, but inconsistent. Their run defense looks vulnerable. looks like they can be leaned upon their secondary does look like it can be had at times as well too. I mean, and they've got some actually pretty decent players secondary, but like this is a good team. It's not a great team. And there was no Georgia early on in the schedule for them to see what their medal was. And look, they blew out Arkansas state. Uh, they stretched out the lead against SMU, but that wasn't a super impressive game. The other one was also like, this is a team that um, for the most part, you know, it started, it's like two halves of the season. Like it, there was some 
issues there, but now they've really come come home to roost. The chickens have come home to roost. And I am curious about how this, you know, this goes moving forward. It doesn't matter for us when they go to the SEC. I mean, I, you know, Oklahoma goes to the SEC, but if you were to ask me five years ago, which team has a better shot in the SEC beginning or three years ago when it happened, uh, Texas and Oklahoma, I would say Oklahoma. But Texas started recruiting the guys they need up front on both sides to compete. We saw them beat in Alabama this year. And Oklahoma looks like up front that Kansas can beat them. And Oklahoma State can't you know, explode rushing-wise against you, but Alan Bowman can run for a touchdown. Ollie Gordon can still have a good enough day. right? It wasn't like it was 10 carries for 12 yards you know, type situation, but they, they made him work for it, but still he totaled over 100. A, a bell cow performance still went over 100, a tough 100, but still went over 100, right? It's like they can stop you but not shut you down, it feels like. And so it's just a good – and you kind of worry about, all right, like next level – Next week, uh, next season, when it's week in, week out, uh, you know, you got Arkansas, who's like this, just you know, real, still really good defensive line, you know, even though they're three and six, and then Kentucky, oh my God, put the hurting on Mississippi State, right? And then, you know, Missouri. I mean, Missouri is a much better team than Oklahoma this year. You know, I've watched both those teams play enough; their their records are the same. But think about Missouri's losses. Missouri loses to Jaden Daniels' heroic performance. Uh, and you know, and then also, and Dylan Gabriel put on one of those, but you know, against them, LSU, and then also they were competitive with Georgia, terrible interception, Brady, Brady Cook, but like they were there shot for shot in the second half of that game. They're much better than Oklahoma is. And that's a mid tier SEC team, Tennessee. Obviously, you have the top dogs as well, too. It's a much tougher road to hell, I think, for Oklahoma than we thought before. So, program wise, like I would say, hard times part of this, too. I talked a lot about TCU after the game on Thursday night, so. I'm going to quickly mention them right here, but uh, just the big point is you go to a national championship. I don't care about what you lost. You still should be good enough to, uh, you still should be good enough. No doubt in my mind to, you know, at least go to a bowl game. And uh, I know quarterback change, whatever, but their defense has been underwhelming. Their offense has stalled at times under Kendall Bryles and they've had some good moments, had some bad moments, but it's been too much of a mixed bag and look like this conference is searching for teams that can start consistently winning And Oklahoma or excuse me, TCU does not look like one of those teams. It looked like just another team like Baylor that went up and then went down and they're going to have actually a worse season than Baylor did the year after their big 12 championship. There's the difference is TCU did go to the CFP, right? So that's a big difference, but TCU definitely there. Same boat for Baylor. Just a tremendous amount of a of a uh, you know the roster is not good enough. The offense it cannot run the football. The offensive line is not good enough. Like receiving core is fine. The team's got a lot of problems. They've got they've got some good receivers, and I don't think Shapen's a big problem either. Too. I think a lot of what's happening around those folks is the problem. This team's got a lot to to figure out. And Dave Aranda has admitted as much. He's got some big moves to make this offseason. I'm curious to see what his changes are, but I would let him make them. But still, uh, Baylor, man, like they're three and six now. They're not going to make a bowl game, it feels like, at this point in time. And so, yeah, big questions for the Baylor Bears. Cincinnati, you know, I'll say this about Cincy. Like, they fight. Some of these games have not been complete dog walkings. Uh, They lost by a few to uh, yesterday uh, to Cincinnati. To be the UCF, I'm recording this now on, on Sunday. They lost by a couple to Cincy, right? So you're wondering, all right, man, like, you know, what what do we how do we assess Cincinnati fairly? You know, they're two and seven, but 
but also it's their first year in the league, right? Three-point loss to Baylor, two-point loss to UCF, eight-point loss at BYU, 14-point loss against Oklahoma, seven-point loss against Miami of Ohio, right? So, like, they have had some components to be competitive in games. Like, this is not a – this is not the most horrific 2-10 and 10 I've ever seen or 2-7 and seven I've ever seen. I've seen worse teams. But they are pretty firmly the worst team in the league. Baylor, they almost, you know, won the game, but they didn't win the game, and they are worse than Baylor is. So I'm wondering at this point, you know, hey, what changes can they make? Like, they're going to have to hit on some guys in the portal. This is not Luke Fickle. And Satterfield needs to have the ability, you know, to give them the chance to try and get guys who are those guys who were left behind by the Ohio States, by the Michigans, uh, by the Penn States, you know, even by, maybe by the West Virginias, I guess, maybe, uh, of the world in that part of the country, the Louisvilles, the Kentuckys, like, still get those guys. And it should be a little bit easier now. You're in a power five league, but they've got to develop them. And, and he hasn't had no time yet, but they're going to have to hit on some of those transfers as well, too. I think they can. It's just one of those years where, like, the quarterback's not very good. Their offense isn't very explosive. Uh, it's not very consistent. Uh, and so, yeah, it just kind of ended where it is. And the reason why that's hard times is they're two and seven overall. But, like, I don't think this team should be any better. The reason why I celebrated them so much after the pit win, because I was like, yo, I don't know what's going to happen after this. And look, they don't like, they don't stop fighting. They don't stop fighting. Like they are, even the Oklahoma state game, they were just worse. They were just not as good as Oklahoma state. So I want to give them those kudos for that. All right, real quick. Where are big 12 teams in the new top 25? Actually, before we do that, I want to note this. We'll talk about this this week. I don't know if a big 12, uh, big 12 coach getting fired this year, guys. Uh, Houston is one I'm watching. Baylor's one I'm watching. West Virginia feels like they're off of it, but you're not watching Cincy. You're not watching UCF. Iowa State's like to like you know totally fine. Um, I can't think of anywhere else. I mean Oklahoma like they're about to be an SEC team, so I guess who cares? Um, but I don't think they're going to fire BV. They're seven and two, better than last year, and they're probably going to end up being nine ten win team when it's all said and done. So where are we with that? Like I, I don't think a Big Twelve coach gets fired this year. It always does happen. Last year, I, I made a prop on my XM show, on the XM show I worked on. And I said, do over, under, like, I think one and a half coaches move on to the Big 12. And I think we had uh, those changes, right? And I, I counted the new Big 12 teams as well, too. Obviously, Scott Satterfield. Scott Satterfield takes over for Luke Fickle. That is a, a coaching change there. Um, and then also, too, in the conference, we had – I'm trying to rack my brain about – New coaches, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Let's see. Satterfield, and then I don't think there was many other ones that we had last season. Pretty off the top of my head, but still, like, I don't know if we get any. I don't know uh, this season. It feels like we're not. I couldn't believe we didn't get Neil Brown last year. He saved it this year. I want to see Neil Brown through to the very end with him and Garrett Green, which means next season. Um, and I think they'll win one or two more games. So I think seven and five, eight and five is still enough to save the job. I was wrong before when I said it needs to be nine or eight or whatever, like regular season. I think I've seen enough progress here to say, yeah, give it a go. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm wondering where that might come from. I, I, I'm sure we'll get one, but it's hard to see it. All right. Other teams receiving votes in the AP top 25 K state gets 73. That makes them basically ranked 26th in the country. And then West Virginia gets three votes. Uh, KU is up to number 19 uh, in the country after their win this week. You also look, we've got Oklahoma down seven spots to number 17. Oklahoma State was not ranked. They're number 15. This is AP Top 25. Texas, number seven. They're in the Oregon 
uh, Texas, Alabama, Penn State, Ole Miss, Louisville, glut of teams that all have one loss as power five teams. I will say this, um, Kansas should be ahead of Oklahoma. Like I think Oklahoma should be like Oklahoma's just got back-to-back losses against KU and Oklahoma state who are good teams, but that should knock them probably behind KU. I think LSU should be probably 16 still, even though that they are uh, seven. And you know, I, I think people didn't want to put LSU ahead of Missouri, even though they've played head to head because LSU does have that one extra loss. Um, but yeah, I think Oklahoma should be probably in the twenties at this point in time. I know the losses were close, but like they're still losses. And uh, it still feels like there should be some downgrading happening there. But that's just me. All right, folks, we'll be back with some power rankings on Tuesday. Excited to get those out to you all. Where are people rising and falling? It's dark. I'm recording this on Sunday night, guys. The sun is going down faster. So depressing. Hope this uh, helps you all out on your Mondays. Let me know if you all think I was unfair. Let me know if you all think I was fair about where I see these hard times for some teams. Good stuff for others. Let me know in the comment section below. Like the video. Find this show wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter. We'll talk to you folks manana.